Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why is it resurfacing now, three months later, some shit about a show at the box in Cara Delevingne and all this, that, and the third. Like, all right, look, 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 look. You got to keep my good, good Judy, Cara Delevingne, name out of your mouth, okay? My good, good Judy, Cara Delevingne, want to come to the fucking box and get twisted on Halloween on one of her days off because, you know, the bitch stay booked and busy. Then that's her fucking business. That's a fucking business. All the fucking stories you done told about yourself being a fucking prostitute and a heroin addict and all that other shit. Like, you want to blow up another bitch spot for getting lit? You a fucking chatty bag. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I hope this week has been good. It kind of is feeling like this month really has just been a constant, like the universe is constantly reminding us of the, the fleetingness that is life and it's just like punching us right in the face every few hours it feels like with the um, heavy weight of mortality. So I hope you guys are doing well. I'm surprisingly in like a pretty light and fun and good mood. So I think I'm going to just ride that wave through the episode and hope that maybe in some minor way it helps you too. Um, I often start these episodes with some like chaos and negativity. So I felt like, you know, new year, new me. Um, we're going to start with a positive quote, motivational quote, if you will. Um, it goes as follows. Sometimes you don't realize your own strength until you face your greatest weakness. Hide from your demons and they'll slowly destroy your potential. Face them and they could potentially become your greatest asset. Now that quote is from one um, Sacramento Kings player Tristan Thompson. He had the audacity to post that on his Instagram story with no sense of irony whatsoever. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he had his comments off because... If not, I'm sure his DMs would probably just be smoking. His phone would be smoking from all the roasting that would have been happening on behalf of that. Just absurd. (laughs) Absurd. Nevertheless, he persisted. You know, if we can say nothing positive about Tristan Thompson is that he keeps going, you know, and that's probably a great asset for a basketball team. I'm sure just, uh, you know, mileage, stamina, (laughs) stamina. (laughs) I'm sure there are several people that could say Tristan Thompson has a lot of stamina. Anyway, um, let's move on to our girl of the week. I feel like I don't often 
talk about Bravo people, but I had to this week. Ugh. You guys, Vanderpump Rules is effectively over. Okay. Um, it's going to be over this season nine will be over this week. They're going to do back to back two part reunions. So we don't have to worry about, you know, tuning in next week. Don't, don't even worry about a sweetheart. I think it's Wednesday and Thursday. Um, you know, I know a lot of you guys were not into this season, myself included, but I will say, I'm going to stand on this, that I thought the finale was better and I talked about this with Chai when we did our uh, uh, Summer House recap, but I thought the finale was better than the entire season or any other episode in the season. And I, despite the Lisa Vanderpump of it all, like we can't, I cannot watch a show with any part of centering around Lisa Vanderpump, her um, role as a mentor, the advice giving to Schwartz, the relationship she has with Katie. I don't care. It doesn't make any sense for the show. I understand that it's Vanderpump rules, but like, just take the check, girl, you know, just take the check and, and post up at Villa Rosa. Don't even worry about filming, sweetheart. Don't even worry about it. Um, anyway, a lot of the, what was good was the situation with Brock and Sheena and then later James and Raquel. So if y'all don't know, uh, James and Raquel got engaged earlier in the season. And so the finale was their engagement party. They go to this uh, place called Santa Inez. They rent out, seemingly they rent out this winery, just gorgeous, absolutely stunning. The whole shebang, right? So, Prior to this, Brock decides that he needs to get engaged and very quickly married to Sheena before the season ends, which is, you know, more on that later. So he decides to first try to rent a rooftop of a theater, I believe, and he tries to get Randall and Lala in on this. So he tells them that he wants to do this like engagement and uh, marriage on that rooftop all in one night, two days from when he's telling them, right? So we're talking, he wants to get this whole wedding, surprise engagement and wedding planned in the matter of 48 hours. So they, Randall and Lala put their assistance on the task, but then things come up and things like bills come up. And when Brock finds out that he is going to have to put $20,000 on this situation, he backs out. Now, Lala keeps, not even hinting, just basically saying that she thinks that Brock thought that Randall and Lala were going to pay for this engagement slash wedding. And that's why he ended up not doing it. Because I guess when her assistant reached out to Brock, he about like, hey, you got to pay this amount. He like went ghost. I, this is her telling of it. His telling of it is like, hey, I've got my business that I'm trying to get built. I just bought this engagement ring on uh, four different credit cards. So like, I don't have the money for 20 grand um, right now. So what he plans to do is to propose to Sheena, which he does a couple days before James and Raquel's engagement party. And then he tries to loop Sandoval and Ariana. Sandoval's an ordained minister and Ariana will be a witness to a secret sneak away into the vineyard wedding. And then they're not going to tell anybody until after the engagement party festivities are all done. The so Brock proposes on the, on the patio or the balcony of their apartment. Okay, great. It's like a couple days before the wedding or before the engagement party. And he's like, okay, I think... We're going to like try to, or I just want to see how you feel about possibly sneaking away, doing like a top secret wedding this weekend at the engagement weekend. And she's like, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so she tells them and then they tell, they get engaged. Then they tell Tom and Ariana, Tom And Ariana are like, this is a really bad idea. I don't want any, like, if we do this, nobody can know because it's supposed to be James and Raquel's weekend. And like, we would not want them feeling any type of way or like we were trying to steal a moment from them. Right. So they like agree to it, but they're like, this is not a good idea. Eventually Tom 
brings up to Sheena, like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I just don't want to, I just don't think this is right. I don't feel good about it. And Sheena's like, oh, thank God. Somebody said it, like, I was just going to go along with this plan, but like, it didn't feel right to me either. So thank you, right? So they end up not doing it. So what they decide to do, what Sheena and Brock decide to do is just while James and Raquel are away doing whatever, tell the rest of the cast that they got engaged and that they were going to get married this weekend secretly, but they decided not to. And to not tell James and Raquel because they're going to tell them after their like big official engagement party. So everybody's like, okay, that's weird as fuck. (laughs) You would try to do that. And basically things get to the point where Lala finds out that they were actually going to get married and was like, you know what? James is my friend. I don't feel right about him not knowing that they were trying to do this. This is like weird and tacky, right? So this ends up in a surprisingly mature and not the way you would think it would be conversation between James and Brock. James is basically like, he keeps his cool. He maintains his composure the whole time, but he's like, I'm really upset that you would even try to do this. This is like really weird. Raquel doesn't like it that they didn't say anything to them. She's like, I, I don't understand why they would try to do that this weekend. So basically I guess what's going to come out is that Brock was really motivated to do all this stuff before the season ended, which is a response that uh, Sheena gave to somebody in a tweet of like, how tacky is this that Brock would try to like steal a moment from another couple? And Sheena's response as well, he was trying, you know, we didn't have any much, we didn't have much more filming left, right? Like this was our last chance to get this in. Who cares? <laughs> you know, like, who cares? I feel like if they really, like if production were really that invested in their love story, then they probably would have allotted a couple more days to a wedding, you know? And since they're not, I think maybe you just let it go or wait until next season, right? Like if your relationship is dependent upon your filming schedule, that's a red flag to me, baby. But the reason why Brock is the girl is just because I think this is, one of the tackiest things I've ever seen in my life. I think it's so weird that you would try to like, essentially like try to cash in on another person's investment, right? Like they're the ones, James and Raquel are the ones who put in money, probably a lot of money on this or production did or whatever. But anyway, this is their moment. And like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, you know who gets engaged and makes a big event out of uh, proposing to somebody at a wedding? Duggars. You know, that's their, like, weird paternal, paternal, patriarchal um, marriage complex structure. Like, those people are weird. But we, and we know that. Like, the other thing to me is that, like, this is, like, broke boy behavior. And I would just not want people to think that I was this broke. You know what I mean? That like they, your friends put money down on this, uh, plot on this whole weekend and you're like cashing in on this and taking advantage of them and not telling them, which would means, which means that you know that there is something wrong with this and you know that there is a great potential for them to be upset with you. And yet you're choosing to do this anyway to people that you claim to be friends with, you know, like, I guess I can understand this is like a lot. I've never seen an engagement weekend, you know, <laughs> whole weekend at a winery dedicated to somebody's engagement. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The point is like, you didn't put any money on this, bro. You know? And like, I just wouldn't want people to think that I was that broke. That's, that's like true broke victory behavior. Anyway, um, let's move on <laughs> to... You guys, I really, like, don't want to talk about Jenny from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but I guess we have to. What a just, like, a a disgusting display all around. I'm not going to, like, get super into detail about it just because, like, I got to protect my own peace. This is, like, so vile, so thoroughly vile, so wantonly anti-black Jenny's whole sentiment. And... 
now I'm thinking back on things that I thought about Jenny early in the season and her reaction towards Mary. There was one part where they were, um, well, gosh, this is maybe like episode two or three where the ladies were going snowshoeing or I don't know when they all went on to the, they went like ice fishing, right? I think they went ice fishing and Mary was getting into it with, I don't even remember who. This had nothing to do with Jenny, is the point. Um, Jenny it tells Mary to shut up for no reason. Mary was not talking to her. Mary wasn't even really talking that crazy. And like, you know, <laughs> I mean, Mary operates on like a baseline of crazy. So like, you have to understand what I'm saying. But like, you know, for Mary, this was pretty chill. And Jenny lashed out at her in a, in a way that I thought was, like, really disproportionate. And I'm, like, 99% sure I said something about, like, that had nothing to do with Jenny. The way she, like, lashed out at Mary was so weird. And I didn't like it. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. So now finding out all this stuff, it's like, let's just, like, talk about the bullet points, right? Okay. So I don't know how. <laughs> Jenny should be thanking her lucky stars that it took this long for this to come out because this shit was like just out in the open in the public domain since December of 2020 until a few days ago. And it was just post after post after post that was just racist and like I said, a very thoroughly anti-black way. It was like, you know, black on black crime is a is a threat. And, you know, we don't talk about how high the rates of black on black crime are. Um, a lot of just horrific things about George Floyd. Um, you know, just just really everything was anti-black. Everything was like pro-cop, anti-Black Lives Matter movement, just standard issue stuff, right? Just why? And it was a lot of it, a lot of stuff. Like if an algorithm came up with like, if you typed into an algorithm, like show Facebook posts from like somebody's crazy racist family member, this would be everything. Like she really ran the whole spectrum. <laughs> okay. So then, like, all this stuff comes out, it's, like, you know, just wild. Especially in conjunction with the fact that Jenny has been very um, vocal and was pretty uh, hard on Mary for saying some pretty extremely ignorant and I would say racist things about Asian people with regard to um Jenny having like yellowish undertones slanted eyes at one point there was a uh you know mocking of an Asian accent um all just horrific things like let the record reflect right now that I don't really you know, like my con my condemnation of of Jenny does not um, affect my condemnation of Mary. Like both of them said horrible things. I think they're very not very different, but they're somewhat different in the fact that like Mary is aggressively ignorant. I feel like I find it pretty impossible to believe that she would not know that the things that she said were racist, as she claims, but. If that's what she's saying, I think it's just aggressive ignorance. Whereas Jenny knew exactly what she was doing. I think Mary did, but like Jenny knows all the very racist talking points. And then there was also the other post that she posted that was like very like kind of white savory where she posted a picture of herself carrying a black child in the middle of Times Square. And the caption was something about how... You know, the child was upset and the mom couldn't control her, so she, control him. So she like was soothing the baby and then she took the picture. You know, it was giving like, you know, missionary goes to Africa, you know, photo album, you know. Um, so anyway, I, ugh, I'm just tired. I'm just so tired. I just have so many questions. I don't see how this went under the radar at all like this seems like a 
would not have taken somebody over at Bravo or Dunlop Productions or whoever does their production, um, it would have taken them like 30 seconds tops to see these types of posts. So I'm just very shocked and confused that they didn't even think about this. Like even from a perspective of watch your own ass, it kind of seems like you'd be like, Oh, this seems like a liability because they've been doing that with several other people on Salt Lake. And I think Orange County who have, um, uh, displayed very pro-Trump, racist, anti-vax, you know, that kind of rhetoric. They've done this for less. So this is, like, so blatantly racist. I'm shocked that, like, even for production's sake of covering their own ass, that they wouldn't take Jenny out because she just would have been too much of a liability. Like, it's not worth it. Like, nothing about Jenny's storyline would be worth all the racist shit that she was posting on Facebook. It doesn't make sense to me. So to me, that seems like nobody just, nobody even bothered. But like, how did they catch that, that girl from season one went to January, to DC in January 6th? How did they catch that other girl was anti-vax? There's been like other women in other franchises who have not gotten vaccinated and stuff. And those have been, I just, it doesn't make, it does not add up to me that she, that somebody did not catch this. But anyway, that brings me to Jenny taking, gosh, over a day to respond and bullshit. Bullshit. I mean, she, first of all, takes no responsibility. I think she says that her, um, these were posts pulled from a, uh, deactivated Facebook account that I think she said was hacked. I mean, let me just look real quick at what she said. Um, she says, I want to acknowledge and apologize for my deleted Facebook post from 2020 that resurfaced. At the time, I thought I was speaking out against violence, but I have since learned how offensive and hurtful my words were. It's why I deactivated that account more than a year ago and why I continue to try to learn about perspectives different from my own. I regret these posts and I'm sincerely sorry for the pain that they caused. And then her caption is hashtag hate is a virus. (laughs) Okay, so... Really not taking any responsibility. She says that they were, these were posts that resurfaced, that she deactivated that account. And like, oh, how convenient that all of a sudden, randomly, somebody would just decide to release all of these uh, posts. I, I mean, even if they did, these were posts from twenty late 2020, <laughs> as far back as like past Christmas 2020. So... I mean, at your big age, I just find it extremely hard to believe that, like, you were just so anti-black and just, it didn't occur to you as a minority, <laughs> as a, as an immigrant and a minority, that, like, being hateful towards another race did not occur to you until 2021? Is that, like, that's basically what you're telling us? Like, girl, come on. <laughs> like, for that to be true, you saw the protests happening with George Floyd. And that did nothing for you. If only, if anything, it made you more angry. And it, not at that point did you think like, hey, maybe I should consider why, um, you know, leaving a cop leaving his knee on somebody's neck to slowly die on a street is a bad thing. Gee, I wonder why people are upset about that. No, didn't even occur to you. Like, literally think about how stupid that sounds. Who cares if it was deactivated? You still said it. Who, why even try to suggest that, like, somebody did this to you, basically, you know? Like, you did this to yourself. (laughs) These are your thoughts. These are your feelings. You were kikiing. You were posting those lame-ass memes, having a grand old time, hating black people. So, uh, come on, girl. Like, come on. Since then, there have been a lot of, like, ups and downs with the rest of the cast. There were a lot of rumors about Bravo basically putting the rest of the ladies in a, you know, under gag order, I guess, until they were able to, I don't know, vet their statements about this, speaking out against this. Uh, The ladies' response, I think all of the cast members have responded at this point. They all have, you know, varying degrees of 
uh, you know, uh, Whitney, I think, was like pretty milk toast about it, pretty weak, pretty lame. Um, Jen, I, Jen Shaw, I think, was the one who said probably the best. Ha- she probably had the best response to it. Um, you know, okay. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I do think it's interesting, annoying, troubling but not really surprising that Jen would try to center herself around this um, by even suggesting that perhaps she had been fired for speaking out um, so passionately in her post and her statement about the situation. Um, She's not fired. Jenny's not fired. Nobody's fired. Uh, I just want to like put my own opinion on the whole situation. Like they're not going to fire Jen. You guys, Jen fired herself. Jen fired herself when she decided to get, um, do decided to do like illegal shit, federal shit. She's going to jail, you guys. Like, I mean, like, should I whisper that? Like, Jen, you're going to jail. Sorry, you're going to jail, girl. Like, nobody thinks you're going to be fired. They are going to use every drop of you until you put that orange jumpsuit on, girl. Like, don't worry about it. We. That's not even, like, a lie I would even entertain. Like, I just, like, I reached out to my sources for confirmation. But, like, I knew she wasn't getting fired. Like, for what, girl? They want you on camera as long as you are able to be, okay? And then they're going to, they're probably already figuring out a way with whatever uh, prison they think you're, excuse me, camp you're going to go to, um they're probably already trying to figure out like how to reaching out to the reaching out to production at love after lockup on how to navigate getting these like recorded phone calls. Like, um, these, like, you know, a lot of times they, there's technology is really advanced. You guys, I don't know if you know this with the prison system, but, um, they have like video chats now. So you can get footage of that. I see a lot of that on love after lockup. So, you know, you're not, nobody's firing you girl nobody's firing you okay so apparently what happened what is happening now is like mary is uh not filming right now they're currently filming for season three everybody's there except for mary apparently they're going to address this and this is like another thing that i'm like i don't really know if this is gonna give what it should be but apparently they're setting this up as or they're framing this as like all the women are going to approach jenny about this situation and i just like personally don't know if i need to see like a bunch of white ladies and jen approaching a minority about being racist like it just kind of it just seems like a little topsy-turvy i don't know if we're quite ready i don't know if we're quite there yet as a nation you know that's just my personal opinion y'all can convince me otherwise or try to i just don't know if we're there yet many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. I'm also very curious about what Bravo is going to do because how do they keep Jenny on but fire Stassi, Kristen, Jax, you know what I mean? Like, um, like they all did very anti-black things, but this is like so super aggressive. Like, I don't know how she keeps a check like that. And like, honestly, like if I were Stassi and Kristen, I'd be pretty fucking pissed if I saw that and, uh, saw that she was able to keep her job. Um, I also heard that uh, Bravo or Andy, I guess, might be addressing this on uh, last night, if you're listening to this on Monday. So, you know, no comment on that because I don't know what he said. But, um, you know, I, I don't really know... I don't really know what you say if she's still under your employ, you know? <laughs> If she's still getting paid and she's still actively filming, then I don't know how you, like, take an active stance behind somebody, right? Like, how do you do that? Well, I guess we'll see. Only time will tell. Let me get to... I'm glad I talked about... I got that out of the way because now I can talk about my favorite story, which is really, like, ooh, a tee-hee-hee. Oh, uh, Megan Megan Fox and, and Machine Gun Kelly are, like, still doing that thing. I guess that uh, engagement ring that he bought her has thorns on the inside of the ring. So if she tries to take it off, it's going to hurt her. So (laughs) love is real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's so I like, I know my worst quality is being heterosexual. Like we're so annoying. You guys, this is like so annoying and I know it. I'll say it. I'll stand right there. This is just yucky. Yucky. Anyway, um, this Azealia Banks, like, the only thing I want to talk about with regard to Julia Fox and Kanye this week is Azealia Banks just reading the fuck out of Julia on her Instagram stories. This happened a couple days ago. I know you heard just a little taste in the intro, but, like, let's just really get into what happened. So, I mean, the term problematic fave was created specifically for my love for Azealia Banks, because it's hard, okay? (laughs) It is hard to hold on to this roller coaster, but when it's good, mm, nothing's sweeter, nothing's better. So, okay, Azealia Banks, in typical Azealia Banks form, gets on Instagram stories in the cover of Night, under the cover of Night, so you can't really see her, just a black screen, and she's talking about a situation that went down. So I did a little digging as to what exactly set Miss Banks off. And here's what I was able to find. So on Julia's podcast this week, she was talking about a party that actually was a Halloween party hosted by Leah McSweeney from uh, New York. Azealia Banks performed Cara Delevingne was there, wasted, right? Um, She was getting on stage, took the microphone from Azealia. Azealia didn't really seem bothered. She was like, you know, like, I know this girl's, like, white girl wasted right now, but I fucks with her, so, like, I'm not really gonna, you know, I'm in front of this crowd of people, like, what is she gonna do, right? Clearly annoying, but, like, letting her do her thing. So, Julia, I guess, talks about this a couple days ago, so... Azealia gets annoyed because she's like, I just feel like you're clout chasing by bringing up the situation and talking about how wasted Kara was and like, just like shut the fuck up and let Kara do what she wants because she is, in Azealia's uh, terms, elite white pussy. Okay. And what she meant by that is that Kara is getting by being very successful in the industry without having to fuck anybody for um, clout, uh, whatever, what have you. I mean, she continued to read her down. She's like, you know, the difference between Julia and me and Kara is that like, 
we don't have to fuck. Like, I didn't have to fuck Kanye for him to call me the future. I didn't have to fuck him for him to call to co-sign me publicly. Um, you know, Cara doesn't have to fuck to get a runway. She's on every runway. She's booked and busy. And she's elite white pussy. <laughs> and then she goes on. And she talks about how Julia, um, you know, fucks for chicken Alfredo. You know, we all know of her love of Italian restaurant Carbone and how Julia didn't or how they didn't have to fuck uh, Drake for some Birkins to go around and sell them for some baby formula. Um, And then things really escalated. Um, Let me go on to what she said. She said, um, you know, uh, Cara gets one of a kind designer pieces sent to her for free. She's not fucking for a sample rack that Kanye gave to her, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Like I said, she escalates things by saying that or alleging that Julia once walked in to her apartment to find her baby daddy having relations with his biological aunt while the baby slept in the crib. So um, that really, like a ton of bricks on my face when I heard that information had to take some breaths had to, had really, whoo, 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 you know, <laughs> take, Ooh, take that in. Cause, and take it out. Cause I can't, I can't hold that. You know, <laughs> that's a lot. At one point, Azalea calls Julia a chatty patty for talking about Cara partying when Julia has very, been, been very vocal about the fact that she used to do heroin and that she was a sex worker. Um, I mean, should we talk about this uh, more explosive rumor that Azalea posted on her Instagram stories a couple weeks ago? Let's get into it, guys. Um, she just straight up said that, like, that Kanye is on heroin, okay? And that it's no wonder that they are uh, a pair because birds of a feather. And that people are going to be calling Kanye a genius until a few months, you know, for, until the next few months when they find out that he's, like, strung out. So, I can't say that I... Um, disagree. I don't know for sure, but I, I can't say that I would be surprised. Let's move on. Cause it's like, whew, I don't want, I don't want to be sued by good music. I, th- that's what she said. Okay. She said that I didn't say, I'm just repeating it. Okay. And the streets are talking. So don't come at me. Um, what else did she say? Um, she <laughs> says all this shit about it about julia and this is why i love azealia she's like and just so anybody knows that like this isn't beef i don't have beef with her (laughs) you just called basically called her pussy trash and that she fucks for chicken alfredo but then you say like you guys gotta stop using the word beef for these like when situations like this happen because i don't actually beef with her she says like basically she doesn't really know julia like that and she's like you know what the problem with the industry is like I've never seen any of Julia's movies. I don't know who she is. And the problem in the industry is that there's all these extra people <laughs> like Julia. And that I guess this was a situation, there was some situation where they had hung out um one time. And she's like basically Azalea was like, I invited her because she was like, you know, she's one of those people people knew her so I was like okay let me invite her to this party. And you know what? She never got an invite from me again because she's corny. Okay, but she doesn't have a problem with her. She's just like, I'm just gonna tell the truth, right? But y'all didn't hear that from me, allegedly. So, <laughs> thank you, Azelia. You really brightened my week. I, I really enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's really all I want to say about those other two for this week. Like, they're just she's still out with her with her stomach hanging out, not hanging out. Like, it's very toned, but you know, y'all know what I mean. Like, she's still wearing that like Matrix leather outfit. Still, like, I don't understand. Um, at one point, a couple days ago, they were trying to channel Britney and Justin with the denim. No, thank you. Like, you could never, like, Kanye, don't put me in a position where I could say that you can't touch the hem of Justin Timberlake's garment. Don't make me say that. But you did. And you should be ashamed of yourself, okay? Um, let's move on and end the episode with my thoughts on And Just Like That. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I, I it's becoming of a tradition i i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying just talking like very loosely about shows and not having this like structured you know thing so you know it's, we're just talking off the dome and having a good time it's like jazz right it's like jazz the episode starts out dumb as shit <laughs> with like what is it what does che do is Che a comedian? Is Che a motivational speaker? Is Che Tony Robbins? Or is Che Wanda Sykes? Like, I don't get it. Like, I they just waffle between... Like, I, I don't ever know where I am with Che. And I don't want to even be here, you know? I don't even want to be here. And I still am, like, lost, and I, I want to go home, but I don't even know where the exit is. But anyway, Chase, there there's some Pride event where Chase doing a speech or set. I don't know, but um, uh, Miranda is just loving life in the crowd. Tee-hee-heeing away as if she has never heard anything funnier. How, I mean... Give Cynthia Nixon an Emmy. She's the greatest actress in the world. Um, so they're talking about, Chase talking about not hiding and being out there. And Miranda's looking out at the crowd and she notices Brady and his girlfriend. And she's like, oh shit, they don't know anything about my sexuality. I'm out. So Chase like doing their speech about don't hide, don't leave as Miranda's like meandering her way out of this crowd, right? It's giving very much like Audrina breaking up with Ryan Cabrera at Wango Tango. You guys all know what I'm talking about. So Che finishes their speech, manages to find Miranda. Miranda's maybe the slowest person in the world. How Che was able to finish their entire set and still find Miranda in that park <laughs> um, it was amazing to me. But they find Miranda and then it comes out that Miranda's still very much married and that when Miranda is... Uh, done getting her bean flicked by Che that she's going right back to her town home with Steve screaming in his ear and eating frozen yogurt. So Che, I think, made a pretty wild assumption that uh, Miranda was in an open marriage. She didn't, she never said that. I I mean, I don't know why why they would have assumed that, but okay. Um, so Che loses it and is like, I am honest and I live a very honest life and you're affecting my brand and my transparency. So I can't be with you until you break up with him. So later we find out, okay, I guess we should just get to this conversation. Probably one of the best, most poignant, poignant moments of the season where this gray haired monster breaks up with my Steve Brady. Okay. My Steve Brady. Um, you know, of course we have to have this big, like fumbling, oh, I, I, well, I, I only have one ear, ear hearing aid in, I guess I got to find one, dig into the couch and get it. Like, Ooh, look at me. As if this man would like, are, are those hearing aids like quite expensive? Like he would just leave them, whatever. But just like, I, like, what are they doing with him? Why can't he just be hot? Why can't he just be regular? Never mind. Um, so he puts both of his hearing aids in. He starts to, like, make some, like, you know, uh, pretty weak jokes about them breaking up and 
Then he's like, oh, you're actually asking me for a divorce. Okay, wow. And he kind of reads her for filth. And it was like, thank God. He brings up the fact that our whole relationship is my either being kind of good enough for you or not good enough for you at all. And it's always been this like push and pull back and forth with you. And for the last couple of years, because she asks him like, is this all you want? Like, I want more out of life. Is this like really the routine that we have? Is this enough for you? And he's like, yeah, because we've been up and down for the past few years. We do what we got to do. We come home, we sit on the couch and it's just like, normal and I don't feel like I have to worry and she's just like you know I want more for myself and he was like you know what I don't have it in me to fight for you anymore (laughs) you know like he was clearly like shook by the whole situation and like kind of upset but he was like yeah I just like I can't do it and she's like I don't want you to and just like fuck Miranda because like this Miranda is so sprung and just so it just felt so selfish of her to just be like I'm just gonna tell him and then my whole life is gonna be perfect and as long as I'm honest then that's gonna be enough and he's going to accept it and it's gonna be like a little hard like for me but like you know he'll be confused and whatever but like I'm gonna go off to Cleveland because Che went to Cleveland to do comedy okay (laughs) I feel sorry for Cleveland I, I really do. Um, it's been through enough. It's really, it's really been through enough. So Che like goes off to Cleveland and is like, I'm in a romantic comedy. Carrie calls her on the way to the airport. And, and clearly like her friends don't really support this. Uh, you know, both Charlotte and Steve are like, are you sure that you really want to like put yourself out there, girl? Because like, and even Carrie's like, you know, it's not that great being single. At this age. Not loving it. What happened to the guy she went on a date with, by the way? Like two episodes ago. The one she puked with? Are we going to get any... (laughs) Are we going to circle back on that at all? Anyway. Like, if I had to deal with the puke, I would just... I would like to see, like, some growth. Some character growth. You know? Um, So... Also... Okay. So we find out at this point. At this point that she decides to dump Steve... She and Che are three weeks into their relationship and she like is telling before Che goes off to Cleveland, she's like, you know, I did it or I'm going to do it or whatever. Like go to Cleveland and they tell each other they love each other. I don't believe this. Like all of this is so antithetical to Miranda and I, it's so stupid. Like when has Miranda been this stupid? Never. And I just feel like the writers really made a misstep in assuming that, like, we would have to have Steve be bad to justify Miranda leaving. Like, it just doesn't... It's stupid to me. This whole thing is stupid. And, like, honestly, at this point, I hope Miranda gets her heart broken, you know, by Che. I really do. Oh, and they also have a conversation about how, like, um, Che doesn't want to have a traditional relationship and Miranda's like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I, I don't want traditional. And, uh, you know, it's just, she just seems like hysterical. You know, for as much as we are angling Charlotte as being this, like, goofy, wild, hysterical woman, Miranda's really taking the cake from her. Really, really is. Well, let's get on to the positive notes of this episode, which were dicks. Two dicks. Two dicks. And I loved it. Um, first off, Harry. Harry's Harry's Goldenblatt came out to play and this created a storyline for Charlotte with Lily regard to sex because um, they were having uh, or about to engage in a, in a round of fellatio and then we he Charlotte whipped out that dong and it's like damn Harry I get it I get it um thick I didn't have to say that but it was um so Lily's walks in, Charlotte slams the door in her face, which is a recycled storyline. I'm a, a story in you guys. Remember when, um, when Miranda picked up that guy from the single dad from the, the, uh, uh, gym and he had the little son and she was going to the bathroom and the kid tried to walk in. And so she slammed the door and like he hit his head and then she got kicked out because the dad got mad. 
Um, so anyway, that happened. And then this <laughs> shout out to Las Culturistas who said that if you look at Charlotte's storyline through the lens of them being like Sesame Street storylines, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it really does. Like everything is an after school special with Charlotte. It's like we're talking about like diet feminism. We're having the sex talks with our daughter. It turns out that Lily didn't really understand what was going on because Charlotte said that she was just checking daddy's penis for cancer. And then it turns out that, like, uh, Charlotte finds Lily's Finsta, which is, she's wearing this, like, you know, uh, uh, workout gear that shows her belly. She's taking a selfie. And, and Charlotte gets all up in arms and thinks, like, oh, how can my 15-year-old old daughter be sexual? And then who is this boy commenting? And it turns out it's just, like, somebody's little brother and, like, 13 of her friends. It's not really a big deal. And, and Lily is just the innocent flower that charlotte was hoping that she was thank god okay um also during this time lily is helping archive uh carrie's old outfits and then we get that just gorgeous dress from uh the alexander petrovsky years where she's like pretending to be asleep as her relationship is going downhill she's in that uh hotel room in france just gorgeous um there were what else happened oh carrie's trying to be cool around her like very cool jeweler la jeweler new uh downstairs neighbor who uses the stoop outside to like be cackle with her millennial friends i don't know and then this comes to like carrie not feeling very cool and being feeling old and like not wanting to be the old witch who lives above that, this like very cool girl. And then there's some like weird, almost like abusive fight that she gets into with that the, the neighbor gets into with her boyfriend. And this is like a, a bonding moment for Carrie and the neighbor. Um, Dick number two, I forgot to mention came when uh, Carrie was trying to bring some brownies over as like a mea culpa to the neighbor, but the boyfriend answers the door and just a towel. And he's like, Oh, we don't eat refined sugar. So then his towel drops and you know, more dong, not as good as Harry's gotta say. Anyway, um, was that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. We'll be back Wednesday. Yeah, I think with a Sister Wives recap. A very special Sister Wives. If you watch no other episode, watch this one where where um, Christine leaves, kicks that curly-headed bitch's ass out of her home. I cannot wait. All right, you guys. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.